0: I created it. Don't you? I created it. And it's real. Don't you understand?
1: Struggle Session. I am Leslie the Third, and I'm Jack Allison. Thank you so much for joining us today on this exciting, exciting live recording. Yeah. We've got the biggest topic we could do right now. It's been a long, long road, a long road to get us here. Too long, too long, mm-hmm. in fact. It's been a long ro- road without you, my friend. But I'll <laughs> tell you all about it. When I see you again. Today's the see you again part. Yes. Today is the day that we see you again. We get it back. We start taking our culture back. Uh, maybe that's too much to say. Maybe that's going too far, but it kind of feels like that. And maybe this is the only day we can feel like that, so why not? Why not feel like that?
2: Mm-hmm. Why not feel like it anyway?
1: Yeah. Why not feel like you know this is the dawning of something new, something different, mm-hmm. where we were just able, able... Thanks in large part to, you know, um, online harassment that we learned in the Bernie Sanders campaign.
2: Mm -hmm. They taught us they taught us in the Bernie Sanders slack (laughs) how to uh, how to harass people to get uh, the goods. And we took that uh, knowledge and we applied it to, you know, uh, a movie that we wanted uh, basically because, well, the reason we wanted this is
1: because we yearned for a day when superheroes were all white and men, you know? <laughs> well, of course, it's the exact opposite of that, right? Folks, we're talking about Justice League. Now, mm-hmm. if you know the title of this episode, I'm not calling it the HBO Max marketing marketed version Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is Justice League now. This is the this movie. This is the Justice League if you are within the reach of the sound of my voice, what I need you to do is go to your local uh, Walmart, go to your local Target, any false Justice League you see on the shelf, I need you to take it and toss it in the trash. (laughs) Take it and toss it in the trash so that no one is tricked into watching the fake bootleg version of this movie. The the staff won't stop you because they're all still mad at him for, they're still all mad at Joss Whedon For what he did to fucking Avengers. Like, they're still on that fucking level. They're still mad at Age of Ultron. That's why this whole fight was so bizarre, because it's like all of the MCU people, the real true blue fans, were, like, mad at him before he even got brought in to, like, DC. So we're all together in this. We're all Mm -hmm. united, in fact. I think it's a good word to
2: use. I think united is the is the right word to use, you know, in uh, the Snyder cut, which has now finally, you know, at long last and and very well deserved, been released uh, to HBO Max. And I will say, Leslie, that I am doing the absolutely cornball fanboy thing of voting with my dollar and I have signed up for an HBO Max account today i did not have one before i signed up today because i'm doing the goofball fan thing of wanting them to see that um i signed up the day the snyder cut came out (laughs) and i think you know they actually care on these streaming services what your first stream is what thing you stream first of course i'm gonna make it uh justice league uh and it might be the only thing i ever stream on my uh, HBO Max account. I might just uh, leave the Justice League, um, you know, playing on repeat on my um, HBO Max account until, yeah. you know, somebody suggested this on my Jack AM stream. Uh, I might watch the weed version and then immediately cancel my account so that they can see that that was
1: the last stream ah. I did. <laughs> I think they they already took it off. Actually, they uh, I don't know if they stuck wow. to this, but they were going to take it off in February. Yeah, that wow. just like they announced when they take off in the other movies, they announced that they were taking it off in like February. Wow! <laughs> um, but we are going to get into the details of the movie in in a minute, and probably closer to when we bring our wonderful guests on. We have an absolute stellar lineup of people who i've been talking about uh this movie for a while with not who i think you at least two of whom did not start out interested in this as i did not did you jack start out out terribly interested in getting zack snyder's justice league i mean after seeing what came out in theaters
2: you know i live in los angeles and so when they were doing like the little Protests outside of the Warner lot. You know, I didn't go. I could have gone to that, you know, when everybody was making fun of those people who, you know, as it turns out, were completely vindicated and right in every single way. Direct action absolutely gets the goods. Um, (laughs) They were right 100%. Everyone was making fun of them and posting, you know, the.
1: The picture from Arrested Development. The thing is, I was always wanted Zack Snyder to get to release his version, but I didn't necessarily expect to like it or think it was good. Like that was the number one thing that the haters were saying: like when it comes out, it's going to be bad. So what do you care? Like that really was neither here nor there because the issue was that this movie, as far as we knew at the time, you know, was kind of taken and changed um, significantly by a sexual predator who abused. The staff on set and you know yeah. like a like a complete um piece of shit uh garbage man uh was yeah. brought in to basically change this movie more to the chop studios it up. like it. chop it up more to the studio's liking the studio completely
2: bought into this fan critic Assessment of yes. Batman versus Superman as being too dour compared to the Marvel movies and not having enough quips in it and all this kind of shit. And so they were very specifically trying to transform this into, you know, a quippy Marvel movie. They hired
1: the Marvel guy.
2: I always thought that the Snyder Cut would have been better. Um, and oh, yeah. I did think that it existed. But I didn't think... For a little while, I was like, you know, I think probably what will happen with the Snyder cut is like the Donner cut. I think that at some point we'll get a release that includes like, you know, storyboards and, and animatics and stuff like that. But we'll get like a version of it that is like, you know, a kind of curiosity in film or whatever. I didn't necessarily expect that we would get the full all the post completed version of the Snyder cut. I thought we would get, you know,
1: like I said, like the Donner cut. Yeah, and about, we, we should make a brief aside, especially for the haters. I'm going to actually give them a little bit of help here. The big thing that they said vi- initially was that there's no such thing as a Snyder Cut, that basically the, the theatrical version was the real version, uh, was the original version, just with a couple of extremely ugly reshoots uh, added with, in. With and Superman
2: and, with his horrible fake you know, upper lip, which is very bizarre if you rewatch it. Oh, by the way, Leslie, in in preparation for this, I did rewatch the Justice League. Um, Jack, so I Jack. I, I, would I never
1: please please say I did. just for workman's comp reasons that I did not yeah. ask you to do that. Just Leslie please, did not just make... ask me
2: to do that. Okay, But
1: I Leslie, I didn't want us to embarrass
2: ourselves, you know? <laughs> I didn't want to come out here and start saying shit, you know, that was in the Snyder cut or whatever that actually was like in the Joss cut. I needed to know the difference. I needed specifically to know what the difference was here, you know, and what ended up happening with this movie is like is well, what, what were you gonna? What rope are you gonna give to the uh to the uh Snyder Cut haters?
1: Thank you, Jack. So, the rope I am going to give is that the reporting on how extensively Joss changed this mo- Joss and Walter Armada and Jeff Jones changed this movie was not actually reported like. Fans put had to right. put together from Sny- Zack uh, Snyder's post on Vero that there on was Vero like posts. yeah like two and a half hours of movie that he shot and filmed that were just thrown in the garbage like this the fans right. put that together from like Snyder's like sad posting you know it wasn't reported how extensive this was they they are simply two different movies so of course the Snyder cut always existed. Because the Weeding Cut is a different movie fundamentally. For a long time, the haters were saying
2: the Snyder Cut doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It never existed. And, you know. I guess there was reporting out there, but of course that reporting was from blue checkmark fan critics um, who were sort of litigating the same arguments, but just under the banner of a publication, you know. Uh, um, But there was reporting, quote unquote, out there that said the Snyder Cut didn't exist. However, there was also Jason Momoa saying that he had seen the Snyder Cut, you know, in interviews and stuff like that. And then finally it was, you know, actually cemented in the Vanity Fair article about the long road to the Snyder Cut just this last month uh, which revealed that there was a four hour long black and white cut Uh, that Snyder had on his laptop that he kept when he left Warner Brothers which I do like that he kept the laptop that was the Warner Brothers owned laptop (laughs) Um, uh, that he would show people and you know this is what WB originally wanted to release to HBO Max which would be more in keeping you know with what I thought it would end up being was like released version you know with uh, animatics and everything like that but Snyder said no Snyder said no I will take no fee But you have to put more budget into letting me finish all the post on this. And so, you know, Snyder Cut haters have shifted the argument to be like, Snyder Cut people believe that there was a fully finished cut just sitting there and there wasn't. No. No one ever believed that, no. and anybody who like works in film understands that, like especially on big budget, you know, superhero movies like this, there's a ton of post that needs to be done. You know, I would make the argument that I'm like, I look at the Marvel movies, and I think that they just shot one day with all their characters fighting, and then they just use all those across all the movies. Like they just got a <laughs> bunch of shots of like Captain America punching, and they can use that in Black Panther or fucking Captain America or anything. Um, but yeah, no, like there was a cut that existed that was a four-hour-long Snyder cut that needed post-work done. Um, And when WB finally came crawling back to him um, and said, you know, the fans want this thing, which, by the way, one other thing to say about this is, you know, we're talking about a film studio here. A lot of the people that found themselves on the wrong side of this particular culture war... No, wrong wrong side of history, Jack. Wrong side of On the wrong side of history. Yeah, on the wrong side of history. um, Did so because they got, like, mentions on Twitter or whatever and I just would like to say this film studios will release things that they think will make them money and that people will watch no matter what happens in the Menchies section of blue check mark writers for fucking AV Club I don't know what to tell you, (laughs) um, but it just is like they are going to release something that seems like it has broad support and like there's a lot of people that want it because they want people to sign up for their fucking um, like streaming service. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how it's going to go. And so, you know, there are, I will say that, you know, kind of in the aftermath of this, the Snyder Cut is getting far better reviews than the uh, uh, Joss Whedon one uh, ever got. uh, And there are a lot of these blue checkmark individuals who have uh, decided to change their tune. And, you know, this is also coming after, like, all the revelations about Joss Whedon. Um, It has become a harder position to stick. That uh, Joss's is definitely better because it's got whack little jokes in it. Um, when this is like very clearly a much much stronger movie with much stronger stronger action
1: scenes, everything is better. And it's not like even let's say we were talking about the Joss Whedon that I loved of 1999, and I hated mm. Zack Snyder's Gus and I hate everything he does. Even if, even if. We were living in that world where jo- where Zack Snyder was actually a bad guy and knew nothing about film and was just some TV dipshit uh, sexual predator who got bumped up for some reason, and Joss Whedon was this guy who actually tries to take film ser- seriously. It doesn't matter. A film cannot be good when it's cut in half and yeah. split up between two directors that's just common sense right it's just silliness
2: uh, and they add in little green screen scenes with like quips and shit like that like it's just not going to make sense it's not going to work like you can't take if you want the avengers guy to do it you should have got the avengers guy to do it you can't change
1: your mind and mid in, while in while you're in the middle of making the movie anyone with any any kind of sense of film can t- tell tell when the scene cuts from like the very fit Ben Affleck to the reshoot Ben Affleck shot very yeah. poorly too, right? Like when a Kenry Cavill's upper lip is like
2: shifting around, like he's got like a worm on his lip or something <laughs> like that. Like you know, it's very obvious to tell where these two movies were mashed together, and still fan critics were like. This is exactly the way Snyder wanted it and (laughs) Joss did barely anything. And fuck you for feeling otherwise, you fucking clown. And I bet you probably voted for Bernie, too, and have problems with your mother.
1: (laughs) It's so bizarre. It's like, if you're a serious film critic, I don't even know why you're even diving into like superhero fandom wars. Like, why do you care what happens to Justice League? That was the other weird thing. That's my other thing about all this is I'm like, people are like, they were very, very rude. And I'm like...
2: This is Marvel versus DC. Like, what the fuck do you think is going on? Like, I, I don't know what the <laughs> hell to tell you. Like, people have very strong feelings about whether you like DC or Marvel better, and it actually has nothing to do with, like, I don't know,
1: like... Uh, uh, so, so, I, uh, social justice. You it know, has it, nothing
2: to do with social justice in any way. You know what I mean? Like, it has nothing to do with people don't want women in movies or anything like that. It just has to do with that people like DC like DC better than Marvel
1: and have forever been like Marvel sucks. DC rocks. I don't know what to tell you about that. Well, I do. I actually think we made a mistake by saying it has, this has nothing to do with social justice. I think I actually have to take that back because I mean, this is very important to say maybe the most important thing we can say on this episode, Ray Fisher tossed his career in the trash to do the right thing. This movie that we're watching, these Snyder cut that is made, to save the HBO Max service, right? This is something that he was pushing for, that he's marketing for, even though the studio just fired him from the sequel to the movie th- that is set up in the fucking Snyder Cut. Like, he is right. the main character in, like, this movie. He is this main character. He is. In just, Well, he
2: is the emotional core of the movie. Emotional core of the movie. Um, yeah, he's, like, your... He's actually kind of your, like you know i the character that that viewers are meant most to identify with yeah, in the movie yeah sh-
1: that moves in both worlds cuz uh we'll get into it but i do like that Zach does include a lot of just regular care- people who don't have mm-hmm. superpowers but cyber moves kind of moves in both worlds um and yeah. it's it's just like, uh, people, people are saying, you know, why aren't they doing this night? Like, when you watch this movie, you'll be baffled that in, that Walter Hamada and Jeff Johns, we should name them because Ray Fisher named them at great personal God, cost. God, Jeff Johns fucking sucks. To himself. Um, I can't imagine watching this and then being like, we need to fucking uh, bring in Joss Whedon to save this. Like, what? Like, absolutely ridiculous and all the reviewers who had such a big
2: issue with like that man of steel isn't friendly enough and then batman versus superman like batman is too angry all the characters on screen are too angry and it's really scaring me when batman is scary like the elmer I, fuds
1: of the world the, elmer, <laughs>
2: the elmer. elmer fuds the little babies all the little baby elmer fudd reviewers like they believed all that bullshit and jeff johns who sucks and who's actually one of the hacks of the universe, truly yes. <laughs> one of the worst hacks in comic books, who was fucking Richard Donner's assistant. And somehow that made him like,
1: you know, capable to just rehash all the bullshit in the world. And, um, and before and and bef- besides that, did know of and tolerate Whedon's abuse of the cast, including yeah. yes. Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot on the set yeah. of, the, of the movie that, they released and called Justice League absolute uh, garbage people Jack I I don't want to spend too much time because we do have these wonderful I just want to very briefly
2: say before we get the guests on that Jeff Johns was tweeting about all the cereals he likes because he's a super weirdo guy about cereal and he was in a grocery store taking a bunch of pictures of cereal and doing a big long tweet thread about cereal and then the people at the grocery store had to kick him out and he like live tweeted how the like grocery store employees were making
1: him get kicked out he's a fucking weirdo guy and he's not nice to grocery store employees uh kind of an uh, anti-snyder cut article saying uh, jeff jones was driven off of twitter by harassment no he was driven off twitter by the harassment of joss whedon that people kept throwing in his face uh, every time he tried yeah. to post promotional shit and celebrate his you know promotion he got promoted after this com- complete disaster, which was the original Justice League. It just absolutely sick. We haven't even mentioned the whole, the fact, the reason, part of the reason Zach had to leave the film was because his daughter tragically passed away. He dedicates this film to her. I, there's, We will talk more about this film. People are, have already asked. We will do a commentary track for it. Four hours. Woo. Uh, I, people, but Jeff people Dronson, are asking for it, Jack People are. I know, asking I know I,
2: I, it, That'll be my third watch Okay, so Jeff Johnson's pi- putting a bunch of I'm going to say it really fast Putting a bunch of pictures of cereal Then he's like, I just got told I can't take pictures Because it may make other co- customers uncomfortable If my next few are blurry, forgive me And he kept taking pictures of cereal <laughs> Then he's like, all the customers I am bothering And he took a pa- picture of the empty aisle Then he's like, the manager is I just got asked to leave Took a bit, but I convinced him to let me get milk on the way out uh, I did say I was getting stuff to watch cartoons And then I oh, wrote geez. comments He said what? I asked Aquaman. Uh, He was not impressed, but I got the milk anyway. Fucking
1: annoying and weird guy. All right. So, we're going to bring on our stellar lineup of guests. Um, First up, uh, this is someone who has been on the show numerous times. He is the uh, co host of Media Roots Radio with his sister, Abby Martin. So happy to have him back on and talk this because we've been DMing about this for months. People don't know. that Robbie Robbie Martin, who is you know one of the uh, most the bravest voices in journalism media, digs really deep. Also, is like it digs deep into like nerdum and fandom and stuff too. So I'm happy that we he can come on that the show and show this side of him, Robbie Martin. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so uh, but we're uh, first things first. What, what's your first? Initial, you know, feelings
3: uh, of the movie really good. Um, you know, I, the, I I I got pretty emotional at times during the movie, not just because <laughs> yeah. of the, not just because of the content in it, because sort of like what it me- meant to me, like just almost like as a symbol, or you could almost see it as like a a very expensive sales pitch for like Hollywood at large or the movie making community at large that like the DC universe can make really fucking good movies. If you do it, you know, mostly right. And I think Zack Snyder, you know, and there's definitely a through line here from Man of Steel. I wasn't the biggest fan of Man of Steel. I I right. grew into really liking Batman versus Superman. I didn't like it at first. So I you know I wasn't I wasn't in love with Zack Snyder's interpretation of the DC universe. But I have to say, this is the, this is probably going to be the best Justice League we're ever going to get as a live action film. And I think <laughs> yeah, he actually yeah. fucking, he, he hit the mark. He did the flash mm-hmm. right, which I was shocked by because of Josh Whedon's massacre of that character. <laughs> he did Cyborg <laughs> Justice. I mean, that oh, was yes. the thing I yeah. expected walking into this, that that Me would too. be yeah. properly done. And that was, but I was really surprised by the flash and his... Without spoiling, you know, we're probably going to get into this a little bit, but like, we will. Yeah, his importance in the story and the way that he fits into the ending, like, just blew me the fuck away. I was like, this is Mm -hmm. what I wanted. Like, when I when it got to that point in the movie, I was like, this is it. This is how like they needed to do a Justice League movie climax (laughs) involving him. So I I was really pleased by that. Uh,
1: We're bringing on our next guest. You have heard her uh, on the show. In fact, she was on the show. You know, two weeks ago. But oh, yeah. she has can't get enough. Uh, I can't get a rose gun. Can't get enough of Rose Gun. Thank you so much for joining us. The host of R.I.P. Cinema. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much for uh, having me back on. Uh, I have I have a few things to say after that that little intro. I was biting my tongue a little bit when Jack was talking because uh, I want to give my little back backstory with the Snyder cut. Yeah. Um, I feel we have a good like panel here. We have a, a bunch of good different perspectives. For myself, I'm both not really a comic book person. I haven't read many comic books, and also I am a convert when it comes to the Snyder Cut, uh, because I was absolutely one of the people uh, in the early days, and I still understand why I took this position, which is that it's it's not going to happen because the thing that you think exists doesn't really exist. I was thinking the same thing as Jack, that um, it was going to get released, but it would be like, um, like a bonus feature or something. It would be filled with animatics. It would be very broken apart. Um, and I was telling people, I was like, if you want to see the finished version of Snyder's vision, I mean, that would cost tens of millions of dollars. That's never going <laughs> well, to go. do that. They're like, the, the, here this has never go. happened in the history of cinema. And you know what? I'm right. It hasn't <laughs> happened in the history of You're cinema. You're right.
2: You were right. And now uh, it
4: has. And that's when I got on the Snyder train. Cause I was like, this is legitimately an unprecedented event uh-huh. in cinema yeah. history. And I have to... I was telling people, I was like, good or bad, I don't care. I'm going to be there opening day because this has never happened before. Uh huh. And then yeah. I sat down. Uh, I was already, same thing as Leslie. I did not like Man of Steel. I liked Batman v Superman. And then I put it on um, using Plex. So I had like a few little trailers beforehand, which was fun. Um, and then <laughs> I watched it. And not only was a complete version of the Snyder cuts, not only was it better than the original. But it also, like, I think altered my just, like, understanding of, I don't know, the superhero genre or something. It felt so, uh, so fresh in a way I wasn't expecting.
2: I- one one thing that's so fascinating about this movie to me, and I think actually could inspire scholarship, is the differences. Like we have scenes that exist in both movies, and what we can see is like what editing and post looks like in a modern movie, and like what the difference is between like your Zack Snyder style superhero movies and the Marvel style. I think it's such yeah. a fascinating. We made a test. We made like actually a control group. We had Josh Whedon. <laughs> We had the Avengers guy do Justice League, and then we had the Justice League guy do Justice League, and now we have a direct comparison between the two styles of filmmaking. A lot of
4: conversation around this film is going to be around the big changes, but to me as a filmmaker, the biggest surprise was how much attention Snyder and his editor paid to just like pacing and precision. There and. Mm-hmm that's gonna be a little harder to discuss but yeah i wanted to put that up front as like that was my real takeaway it's like a polished film
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, very very all right and this is our next guest this is someone i've tried to get on the show numerous times but they are so in demand they are one of the best writers when it comes to you know um, comic book movies, and you know, science fiction. You can read their work on Hypable. You know, if you read even one good article about the Snyder Cut in the past four years, this is the person that wrote it. I guarantee you, this is the person who wrote it, Leilani Cipher. Thank you so much for joining us on Struggle thank Session.
0: You for having me. That's really sweet of you to say. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder. I, um, loved Man of Steel. Um, oh. I've been fighting about that <laughs> number Superman since like 2016. Oh, we, um, we all have. <laughs> uh... <laughs> yes, <laughs> we've
2: all been in the trenches and now, uh, yeah. we, we win and we enjoy the spoils of victory.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this has been, I mean, it's just been amazing for me as a fan. Um, I was, you know, I wasn't quite, I wasn't part of, like, the group of poor people who were fighting for the Snyder Cut, but I did, um, you know, donate towards it. I was always, like, in the hashtags or whatever, and I wasn't sure. The only reason I didn't think we might ever actually get the Snyder Cut is because I didn't think uh, Warner Brothers would ever actually do it. Um, I really, really, really hope for it, and, you know, now I've watched it, like, I, last night was my fifth time watching it. So, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <And I> mean, <laughs> you know, people have been like, wow, that's 20 hours of your life. But it's like, I've been waiting for this movie <laughs> since 2017. So, <laughs> for real. <laughs> to get it is just been, it's been, I, I don't want to be too cheesy, but it's been kind of like an emotional thing for me. Mm hmm. I think it's actually perfectly reasonable for it to be
2: emotional, especially like with, you know, regard to like what went on in Snyder's life and sort of like the events surrounding uh, why we didn't get this movie in the first place. You know, Robbie said it as well. Like, I felt emotional watching this movie, too. (laughs) And as and and I also similarly felt silly
1: for feeling emotional (laughs) watching this movie. Zack Snyder has like polished his craft. He understands perfectly melodrama. Like I know mm-hmm. exactly where you're, I got emotional watching this too, and then you feel silly because you know it's these very obvious techniques. He's not a subtle director by any right. means, but he he knows how to hit you, hit you where it hurts. He knows how to hit those emotional cores. He knows how to make you think about your parents, your father. Your, you know, the things in your life that you know you're struggling with, and then maybe, and then through film, you know, you see this, these fears and these anxieties expressed. Even though it's like a big silly superhero movie with the like the Flash and Superman, it just really does like work really well. And Rose, you said it the last time you were on our our show. It's like this. He is giving us what you know, the adult version of candy, right? Like the adult mm-hmm. version of what a superhero <laughs> thing could be. This is not to say that it's not for kids or it's the most mature mature thing in Or the world. even that it is
2: adult. You know what I mean? Like I I you know, I talked about this when we did our commentary for Batman versus Superman. Is that like Just because the movie takes the characters seriously and itself seriously doesn't mean that you have to also. You know what I mean? Like you can be having fun with it. I just like it a lot better than you know the kind of Marvel style of like winking at the uh, the camera and saying like we're in on it, we know this shit is silly. I'm like, I don't need that from you. Like I don't need permission to think that like you know this that you know that superheroes are a little bit goofy. I actually would prefer the version where we go all the way and try to take it as seriously as possible, because that's also kind of like what the comics were.
4: I was surprisingly moved by the film as well, which I really wasn't expecting. Um, I I guess I didn't mention in the intro that I have seen the original Justice League, and I thought it was horrible. I hated it. I thought it was one of the worst superhero films i've watched uh much more unpleasant than even like marvel's stuff is usually just boring but i found like justice league like viscerally unpleasant to watch especially because it was flipping between yeah. these weird mm. tones but this one <laughs> yeah i enjoyed it for the running time and also yeah the emotional beats I ended up getting to me especially stuff like cyborg and his parents and uh some of the death of superman stuff like I don't know. I got kind of
3: surprisingly yeah, touching. I was like
4: I was into it, and I really didn't expect that going in.
3: I mean, the scene where at the end where Flash gets hurt and he's like, "I got the wind knocked out of me." Like even just that little scene was like, "Oh yeah," really moved me because it was like, it was one of the first. And we also see Cyborg like brutally injured in the hospital. You know, you sort of already see him being manufactured in the in that little scene from Batman versus Superman, but actually seeing him like laying in the hospital bed with his dad there. So if you watch the the Joss Whedon Justice League, Cyborg's
1: body looks very different than what he looks like in Batman versus Superman, where he's basically just like a torso and an arm. <laughs> Jeff Johns added back more of of uh, Cyborg's physical uh, human body, oh, biological wow. body, oh, wow. because he thought that black people would be upset that Cyborg doesn't have a penis. No, <laughs> not what? Not joking. What?
3: No way. Oh my, told, told oh, my this God. Oh, my God. That's Which insane. is, you know,
1: just to break it down for you, it, folks, uh, it's y- 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 white people who are obsessed with the black house <laughs> not black people <laughs> themselves. Just to make... That's wow.
3: clear if people aren't aware. It's, it's, so it wasn't just me hallucinating that they redid like the CG on cyborg yeah. for the entire movie, pretty much.
4: She looks good. Wow, okay. Yes. I, I thought all the CGI looked really good in this.
3: Surprisingly good, actually. Yeah, it looked, I mean, it's always sort of looked like really reflective and shiny, but like they made it like feel like it has a texture, like the lighting on it just felt like really right. Like it didn't look, it didn't stick out.
1: Especially the parademons in most scenes. I think maybe the last parademons, the apocalypse parad, the, um, what do you call it? Nightmare parademons don't look as good, um, but all the other parademons like look really like legit.
3: It's that polish. It's that polish that you mentioned. It's, I think it's just. This is 70 million extra dollars thrown at this thing, and I, I don't think they left any stone unturned.
2: This is something where I'm going to go back once again to where you can compare scenes directly back to back from the Joss version and the Snyder version. And I have to say that Zack Snyder is a director who knows how to direct post. You know, it's like this is not this is actually like a kind Legend of, of the different Guardians. skill. James Cameron is another uh, um, director who knows how to direct. Oh, yeah. Um, I would even say sucker punch for all of its like plot problems. Like these are like scenes that are near entirely post sequences and they kick ass. Like I watch back to back today. Um, Both scenes where where Steppenwolf first shows up, Gara, you can watch these two scenes and these are using the same uh, green screen shots Mm -hmm. of Hippolyta and all the Amazons and everything like that. But in the Zack Snyder version, there are events that happen. There's cool shit that goes on. So just as a director back-to-back comparison, uh, this scene uh, they activate the mother box. Uh, the pair of demons come out. Steppenwolf fights them. There's a big gigantic fight scene between Steppenwolf and all of oh, the yeah. Amazons, uh, where like it's they are like they have met their match. In the Joss version, he just like reaches for the box and they grab the box. <laughs> yeah. Hippolyta runs out um, and just gets out by like sliding through the door. In the Snyder version, she her she helps another Amazon Amazonian on the way out uh, who dies, and we see an emotional beat. And then a parademon demon grabs her leg. There's tension being built. She finally gets out. In the Snyder version, what then happens is the entire facility where they keep the mother box <laughs> crumbles into the ocean. Uh, it crumbles off of uh, the cliffside and into the ocean, actually giving a reason for why Hippolyta had to escape from there. And more emotional beats, you know, as to like all these Amazons gave their life in the Joss and in the Joss version, she hands off the mother box to an Amazon on a horse, and they start riding away. And then Steppenwolf cuts an X in the wall and steps out of the wall. <laughs> Uh, So there's nothing to do with like why they had to stop him. Then Steppenwolf just jumps twice until they get to the point where he's like next to the box. And then he like flicks away an arrow in the Snyder version. Um, after uh the entire facility has crumbled into the ocean, there's like a tense beat, and then all the parademons fly out, and then Steppenwolf jumps out. Uh he's then like fought by a bunch of Amazons who like chain him and pull him at his legs yeah. and arms and try to stop him. There's actual like fighting happening. <laughs> and then he jumps and we get some similar moments. Um but I think that all this like does speak to like These are the same scenes that were shot, but so much can be done in post to build out a scene and to build out tension and to build
1: in action and moments. Leilani, so you've watched, you know, the Snyder Cut, you know, five times, you said already, (laughs) and I'm sure you've watched the original Justice League. What are some of the differences that stood out to you?
5: You know, I I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this question only because um, I haven't seen the Joss Whedon version probably in a year or two just because oh good call it, you know that is my a good husband call. and i were like should we watch it before you know we we watch Zack snyder's but then it it was it, it's almost too painful for a while to think like oh my gosh why why does this version exist especially when you if you do like a marathon of man of steel then batman v superman and then joss whedon's like the like oh, the gosh. total whiplash is so intense and it just, like, for a while, it just, like, made me sad. Like, oh, we never got the vision. And then once we were going to get Zack Snyder's, I was like, well, there's no reason to ever think about what Joss Whedon did except to, like, remember that he's, like, a, a hack director and a horrible person. And, um, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, one of the things I've really enjoyed is, like, I feel like an unfair criticism, or just not maybe unfair, just a weird criticism of Zack Snyder has always been like, oh, he's just a great visual director, but he's not good at these other things. But just to minimize like what a great visual director he is, when film is a visual medium. So to like to downplay yes. how great he is at it has been always such a weird... Like, uh, right? <laughs> uh, criticism of him. Yeah,
2: he's only good at framing shots <laughs> yeah. and putting together scenes yeah. that look cool. Which is like, there's <laughs> nothing.
5: The whole all, job. He,
2: all he's good at doing <laughs> is like creating beats and moments that are fucking cool and kick ass. He sucks.
4: Yeah. In my own tape, also asked what you guys thought of the uh the four by three framing because personally, I was. That was something that was making me very nervous going into it. I thought, you know, changing an aspect ratio is a huge creative choice, and I wasn't sure how Snyder was going to handle it. And I think it's—it was such a huge risk, and I think it honestly paid off. I liked the four x three a lot, um, for 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 two reasons, and this kind of why I think he did it is that this thing's four hours long, right, and. The thing with the 4x3 is that it lets him just, like, place the viewer's focus, like, right in the center. It lets him do these really extreme, fast-paced action scenes without ever having them end up confusing, right? You can just, like, focus on what's in front of you, and he always connects really tightly in the editing like, one action to another. So I, it, it made the film kind of, like, easier to watch. And then in the, the dialogue scenes, it helped, too, because, like, 4 by 3 is just, like, it naturally fits uh, close-ups, and especially, um, this is what they're actually called, but, like, hero shots, like, shots of, like, glorious heroes. I mean... Aquaman looks pretty damn good and the, the four by three. <laughs> yeah. I think he made the right choice on
3: it. I, I agree with Rose. I was, I was worried about it going in thinking that's a really seems like a really big risk. Like why would he do this? And then as soon as I started watching it, I, I think for me, I immediately forgot that it had like a different aspect ratio. It's almost like I yeah, didn't notice yeah, it like too. five minutes into the film, but what was immediately noticeable you know when you get when you get past that initial special effects sequence, which is really cool. I don't even know where they got that footage of um, Henry Cavill sort of like die you know dying again in that in that intro.
1: The difference in the introductions of these films, oh the original starts, with, even if even if they got Henry Cavill to shave his mustache, it's still kind of an odd. Start to be like go from you know this scene where you see literally see the manifestation the physical manifestation of the shockwaves created by Superman's death incredibly yeah. on the nose but Amazing. visually powerful. You see that versus a, a cell phone video of Superman, like even right w- ignoring the CGI, like that's just a huge oh. like. I will also say, you know, that this is like visually
2: much cooler and. Helps to establish why the mother boxes are activated and gets yeah. us into yeah, the absolutely. action of the new movie. The Joss version opens with this bizarre scene where Batman is like talking all chummy <laughs> with like a robber on top of a building, and then a parademon attacks him. Horrible. They fly all around the city and fight each other, and then they land on the same building where they're talking chummy with the with the robber
3: once again. I, you immediately notice once you get past that initial sequence because it's hard to tell, you know, because that looks like it's mostly see it's almost like a, mu- a this beautiful music video opening kind of. But you can tell as soon as you get to the live action, oh, this is the Zack Snyder color grading that we were supposed to see, that we saw in those initial Justice League trailers. And for some reason, that was a huge distraction for me when watching the Joss Whedon version, because I could tell that even not on the reshot scenes, like the original stuff that Zack yeah. Snyder shot, that the costumes the color didn't look right like especially wonder woman the blue and the red like looked almost too saturated with color and yeah. it just didn't and superman's costume looked really wrong like visually it just looks like the wrong blue and red hue so my my theory is that i think that when these costumes were screen tested they were done specifically for the color grading that the previous two movies had and it just looked totally yeah. off without that
4: yeah i noticed that I, because I didn't like the Josh Verden version at all, but I kind of got a kick out of the Superman fight scene when he's like bad for a second, which is way, way better in the Snyder version. But also, I remembered that with with that scene and seemed similar to it that it looked like um, it looked like I was watching like like a pre-visual or something. There was something yeah. so like
0: off-putting mm-hmm. about
4: it, and with Snyder's version, it suddenly made sense. Because um, it's not that Snyder is going for a look that is like it's not supposed to look like the real world per se. It still does look like artificial in a way, but it's more of a like a heightened, like dark comic book fantasy world. And uh, I, it really, really worked for me once it had that color grading applied and once the tone was fixed too. Like once it was actually like consistent in the world of Snyder, uh, it all came together.
2: The coloring is really very bad in the Joss version, and I think I think it's great that you point out that scene where Superman is like bad for a moment, uh, uh, Rose, because. You know, I I agree with you. That's a scene that they just like bumped up all the colors and they made it very unequivocally daytime. And what I would say is like that's a reaction to the people who said Batman versus Superman is too dark. But emotionally, what we're watching in that scene is like evil Superman like fighting all his friends and nearly killing them. Why the fuck is this like in like you know uh uh, why is this like in bright daytime Windows XP backdrop land? It just doesn't even make sense for like the scene.
4: It looked like they were trying to imitate the uh, another fight scene. I I did also do not like the color of uh, the civil war fights. Um, Mar- Mar- Captain. America.
2: Oh, yeah. oh yeah! Oh god! The big bright, the like big like bright a, scene where they're in a fucking airplane like hanger airplane hangar so bad. Yeah
4: that's what it made me think of is just like, this looks like it was shot on like a back lot or whatever. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, but yeah, Snyder's version, it's stylish. It's cool. It's exciting. Uh, Yeah. Totally worked for me.
5: Um, One thing. Oh, Oh, I was just going to say, Jack, you talked at length about um, the scene with the Amazons. And one thing I came away with in this movie is how great Zack Snyder is with um, the Amazon, and specifically with Diana, who I really, really, really enjoyed yes, yeah. in this movie. I think this is the best Wonder and, Woman movie. Yeah, and I just thought, like, yes. I would love for Zach to, like, come in and, like, direct
0: <laughs> Wonder Woman 3,
5: which I know would just, like, set the internet on fire. But he just manages to, like, still bring a warmth and a compassion to Diana, but also he never forgets that she's a yes. warrior which is something that, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Diana and the Amazons
2: are capable <laughs> yes, in this movie yes. in a way that they kind of have not been. Yes,
5: and uh, I don't want to talk ill of other other movies, but, like, this was a good, I guess I'll say, palate cleanser for
0: me. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Because <laughs> the Amazons are, like, the heroes, and Hippolyta is, like, the protagonist of the first act, which I did not, ex- well, the first chapter, which I did not expect, But like he was just basically making three hundred, but not racist, right? Like that is what Mm -hmm. how he treats Mm -hmm. the Amazon. (laughs) Three hundred, they're the Spartans, but not racist or sexist.
2: Well, we should also say that there's a fucking incredible scene in the middle of the movie where it's like the first time Dark Side came to Earth. Oh yeah, and that's very three hundred. But you literally have fucking Zeus throwing lightning, and like that scene, I was like. This fucking kicks ass, and I can't believe they cut out this like DC universe, Lord of the Rings they sort of threw mythology it in the trash.
4: In the yeah. trash for people at home 50% that are, of uh, it. I think a lot of people were intimidated by the running time of this film, but it should be said that, like this is cut up into parts, like you can take little breaks if you want to. And That's what the, I did, and the different sections do have like a bit of specificity to them in a way that made me feel like i was reading like a collection of comic books like i was reading one arc of the justice league Mm -hmm. uh i watched it all at once because i was like i had to get in time for the podcast but like you you can like (laughs) there is so much good stuff here i i want to ask if any of you had like a favorite chunk uh for me it was the first part i thought that first like the
2: opening Interesting. section was just like chapter...
5: I really liked Beloved Mother Beloved Son. You get a lot more Ray Fisher in that one and I just like the emotional beats hit really well um in that section.
3: I think my favorite he- little chunk stretch was the Star Labs uh, break in section that whole section of the movie um especially that where it sort of culminated with the way they tied everything together so beautifully that goes to the nightmare sequences, what's yeah. being hinted at by the Barry oh, yeah. Allen mm-hmm. sequence in Batman vs. Superman, where as soon as Cyborg gets that flash, that image, when he's about mm, so to cool. reactivate the mother box, and he sees the, sup- how Superman turns evil. Like I was fucking blown away by that scene. I mean, basically, Zack Snyder gave us a visual image of the final crisis front cover, where mm-hmm. Superman is holding... Batman's corpse <laughs> destroyed by the Omega Beams. I was like, oh my God, that is incredible. I mean, I was, I that, so that chunk definitely my favorite.
2: I also really like Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. I think that's the sequence, you know, when we get sort of like all the emotional uh, uh, backstory on Cyborg, which I do think works really well in a genre where I kind of typically find superhero origins to be kind of boring. I thought they did a really good Mm -hmm. job with a character that I've never even been super fond of in comics, you know? This is like... uh, um, But I thought that was a great sequence. But I also... I also really love, uh, uh, I think it was part uh, six, like our just final sequence. I like watching the Justice League firing on all cylinders and actually working together. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Robbie was great. alluded to this earlier, but you know, in the Joss version, it's kind of like they all just like sort of bide their time until Superman shows up. In this one, like everyone is doing something um, and it was really cool. Um, I like also that they fail. In that sequence, and we get the like kind of flash fucking with time stuff. Um, It fucking rocks, honestly. Uh, Plot wise and visually,
5: I really like that because you in the Joss version, from what I remember, like the Flash is is just like a joke. Like he doesn't really, he's not good with his powers. He's kind of just like just a jokey character. And this version, he gets to make bring levity and have his jokes, but he doesn't become a joke of a character. And in that Like final scene, you get to see just how powerful he is and why he has the spot on the Justice League. So it's like it's one of my favorite sequences, uh, that final flash sequence.
2: I was really surprised by it. You know, that was like something I wasn't necessarily expecting uh, to have in this. And listen, you know, I complain a lot about the quippiness in Joss's Justice League Mm -hmm. and I, I hate it. You know, Flash is very quippy in this one, but I think it works that only one character is. You exactly. know what I mean? Like it makes sense because that's his personality and that's how he's being characterized, not that every single character <laughs> has the voice of like a sitcom writer.
3: Well, that's yeah. how it's done in the in the Justice League cartoon, which I legitimately can tell now that Zack Snyder was trying to play on that that tone. Of the way the Justice League cartoon Mm -hmm. was, because the Flash, even though he's not exactly the same as he is in their cartoon, he's not he's not just a joke of a character. Like you were saying, he's played more human. He seems like he's sort of an annoying, cocky guy, not the amateur sort of teenager that as Joss Whedon wrote him in the movie. Uh, So I like the way he felt much more like the Flash I wanted in, in this movie.
4: Yeah, I, I really was surprisingly swept up in the uh, the team aspect of it. It actually worked for me quite well how the story was kind of structured in a way where each character had something in their old life they were kind of getting over and like Justice League offers them a second chance and like a new family. Very simple kind of story structure, but goddamn, it was effective. I, I felt the whole chosen family thing, especially um you know, at the end was with uh, with Cyborg rejecting that vision that he gets. I found that very emotional, and I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that, like, you know, I I mean, the context that we're going to this movie with is that yeah, Zack Snyder left the production because his his daughter uh, passed away. Um, so right. there is this like hanging weight of just like the value of family and grief and loss and yeah. stuff that makes its way into the film in a few moments that feel like much more vulnerable than Snyder would usually go for that specifically have to do with like, you know, relationships between like parents and children and, and loss and stuff like that. Um, all works. Like the Lois
1: Lane and Martha scene. Mm hmm. Which is an odd one.
2: Uh, that's one of the ones where I'm like, I, I love that Martian Manhunter's in yeah, the movie. Yeah, that's the only I was a with little it. like, I don't know if I need that. I don't know if I need you to establish that it's that guy. Yeah, and, that's the know, only problem. You know, I will say that that, scene. that didn't need to be there. I-, I,
5: was also, <laughs> uh, I also thought, like, what about later on when she like references that Martha like visited her and. Martha's right. like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you? <laughs> I
2: was also like, that's really weird of Martian Manhunter to do that. You're really truly being a weird guy. <laughs> um, I didn't need that he part. He's a
1: Martian Jack.
2: That's true. Uh, if there was something to uh, put on the cutting room floor in this uh, remake, that's what I would have uh, advocated for. Not necessarily them talking to each other, but just the scene in the hallway Martian, afterwards. Yeah, Guess thought- what? You can actually
1: cut that scene out if you want. You can just skip. You hit one button on your remote whenever you get to that scene, and it doesn't exist for you anymore. That's the beauty uh, of this. He really did make it. If you actually watch it, he make it so that if yeah. people don't like it. They could just cut it out with no, like, <laughs> with no continuity yeah. error. Uh,
2: I guess he felt like he needed to establish earlier that Martian Manhunter yes. was here, but that didn't necessarily work for me. I do want to say, you know, because people in the chat are mentioning it, and uh, I think you would be remiss not to mention it. Uh, the cutscene introduced the flash was really really good you know like this uh, uh, where Iris is about to be hit by you know a a, a semi truck and he's like catching hot dogs out of the air it's like you know a kind of different version of what we saw them do with Quicksilver and the sort of later X-Men movies and I like again seeing the flash be capable and use his powers
4: yeah we, uh, we got a few good uh, saving scenes too because I also really like I don't know if this isn't the old version but I liked uh, Cyborg Saving that dude, too, by jumping in front of, uh, I think it was like a a truck or something that Superman was throwing. It had like a real, like, I don't know, like a weight and a crunch to it that was really satisfying. Mm -hmm. The action in this movie is like heavy.
2: It rocks. And he's a really good action director. And he knows. And by the way. When you say someone's a really good action director, that doesn't mean that they just have a lot of action scenes in something. It means that they actually, like, choreograph a scene, and we have a sense of what the space is like in the scene, and things feel like they have weight. It's like, it's not just having a bunch of punching and shaky cam and stuff like that there's a lot you know that goes into making an effective action scene that i think marvel uh uh, fails at Uh, another cyborg moment i wanted to mention just quickly was i really love the first thing when he gets his powers that he like just gives a struggling waitress (laughs) a hundred thousand dollars i like actually found that to be a surprisingly touching little
1: moment yeah this is basically maybe other than i don't know Fast and Furious, it, the m- <laughs> only major franchise that even acknowledges that class exists, right? Like everything else, right. like it's certainly the MCU. There's like basically no poor people in MCU in like ninety five percent of the movie. They just don't exist. Where it was like actually I'm gonna make uh, Gotham major- uh, majority black, seemingly and poor, and yeah. d- and show the other side of it, and and all these scenes, and it's actually you know really helps ground the film like martha can't gets her house foreclosed on right like that's just not a thing you get in the average superhero movie or even the average superhero comic but i did want to mention my favorite thing about this film is also kind of the star labs sequence around there where the team really gets together because as uh, i think you said robbie it felt like justice league the justice league cartoon or a really great justice league comic this is this film, my main takeaway was that this is probably, might be the best comic book movie of them all because it has the space, the time, uh, the, you know, the special effects, the the, the casting to actually fully bring a actual fully realized comic book story to life in a way that only animated animated movies have done so far effectively. I really don't think any other comic book movie aside, maybe the Hulk Ang Leaves the Hulk really felt <laughs> as straight up from the comics and using comic book logic. That makes perfect sense. Now I do want to say, but this movie felt like if you wrote the, if you put this in a comic book none of the super you know comic nerds would like object right like most comic book movies com- hardcore comic nerds think are silly or dismiss but I think the plot of this is just like very tight like everything makes sense like the mother boxes are activated because they hear the Kryptonian dies Cyborg has one of the mm-hmm. mother boxes because you know they found it because why because the mother boxes were split up why because and Darcy has got it th- that, why because Darcy seed invaded thousands of years ago why, why mm-hmm. was he stopped? Oh, you know, because they had superheroes back then. Why is the village- Why is Steppenwolf here? Steppenwolf. Because
2: he's like on the outs in a- yes, Apocalypse he's trying he to needs prove to like himself. make
1: good. He actually has a
2: motivation as well, other than like everyone in this world will love, love me. Or
4: whatever. Whatever, by the way.
2: Oh, yeah, it looks great. So, uh, and- I mean, Steppenwolf looks fucking kick ass. This is another example of like, you know, what happens in post. You know what I mean? This is a character who exists only as a cartoon character special effect. And in Joss's, He's just like a man, kind of. And in Snyder's, he's got, like, pulsating armor that actually has function. Uh, He gets shot by a bunch of arrows, and then the armor, like, snaps to shoot all the arrows back
1: out of him. Like you know it's cool like and it kind of makes it seem alien and different. Partner YB told me while I'm watching this movie he's like, I actually feel sorry for Steppenwolf like mm-hmm. they like, like you know you actually do feel sorry for him he has a motivation you feel his mm-hmm. pain
2: he, like, that's- well that's what a good villain that makes you that's like good villain filmmaking is when you're like I agree with this villain and not just in some dumbass vague way like they do in every movie where they make them an environmentalist you know uh, uh, which is so annoying to always
1: make villains environmental with, but anyway, well, anarchist is a new thing now, Jack. Uh,
4: yeah. My favorite action beat, I think, in the whole movie was when Steppenwolf threw a horse with a person on it.
2: <laughs> that's oh <yeah>. what he <laughs> is, I'm like, that is exactly that's exactly what I'm talking about. The difference here in the Whedon one, he just jumps over a big, long, empty field and lands. In the Snyder one, he, <laughs> he throws just, fucking he throws horses.
4: Horse. I wasn't expecting it. I I started cackling. I loved that part. It was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that whole sequence is great. It
3: kicks ass. One thing I was realizing is I feel that he actually did the tone better, more consistently in this movie than he did even in Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. It It felt more right. And it also... I think one thing we haven't mentioned yet is just that he realized the DC universe in a way that doesn't come through really at all in Joss Whedon's version. And, you know, it just sort of was, that was almost like effortlessly done in the movie in a way I didn't expect where I'm like, Oh, he's actually doing the DC universe itself justice. Mm -hmm. Like he -hmm. got to that point, you know, in this third movie, basically in his trilogy. And that was kind of surprising to me.
4: I've been playing injustice two a lot. Uh, but I don't really know the DC Universe that well. And uh, this movie was the first time I felt like I was seeing like that universe on screen. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, ca- I feel like I kind of get it now.
2: I mean, watching this movie made me like want to read DC Universe yeah. stuff to the degree where I looked up what was happening in the DC Universe and had to say, yeah, I changed mess. my mind.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. You know? They did reference the multiverse once in this. They they name dropped it. I
2: know. They mentioned the multiverse. We see fucking apocalypse, and it seems really scary. You know, Ryan Choi at the end, we're, like, hinting that the Atom is going to be part of it. You know, in the Joss one, they say, oh, we're going to need a big table with space for more chairs or whatever. In the Snyder one, we're getting a sense of who will be at those chairs. You know, Martian Manhunter shows up at the end. The Atom is is
1: hinted at. Also, did Joss cut out the Atom? adam from the original entirely did he
4: I really believe he did, i believe yes. he's
1: cut entirely
4: what? Oh, sorry but what's the deal with superman wearing the black adam costume i was i was confused there isn't that a different hero's costume it's
3: supposed to be from death of superman
2: i mean superman just wears a black outfit after oh, he dies okay. <laughs> that's what happened in the comics is like he died and he came back and he was wearing a black outfit you know because he was you know
3: recently <laughs> sorry, dead.
4: i thought he missed something there
3: no, it, in the comic book, the reason why is because it's a, like a Kryptonian healing suit or something. So yeah. So in this one, it's, I think it's just for aesthetics. <laughs> like, really. It's just cool yeah. is the only reason.
1: Really, I mean, we've been talking about this for hour and 15 minutes. We could talk about it for many, many hours more. But briefly, before we go, because uh, we haven't really talked about anything in it yet, what did you think of the epilogue? And before you tell me, I want to drop some knowledge that some people... I'm sure Leilani knows, but some, pe- but I don't think maybe the rest of you don't know the original plan for the sequel to justice league was that all of it was going most of it was going to take place in that version in that nightmare future where superman has sided with dark side and the movie was going to be that version of the justice league trying to un go back to the past and un do it and just and see, I and like that's so exciting. It's like you know I really like that blog. Obviously, you can tell he shot this at his fucking house, you know, but it looks really of good. Course, yeah. it looks really. It's a good. COVID shoot it's covid shot I th- for I
2: sure
4: i'm on board for wherever uh snyder would want to take this universe next like this was a, a much more exciting uh a project for me than i expected as someone who's just been like completely exhausted and done with like superhero stuff in general lately it got it kind of got me reinvigorated in the genre watching it and yes the, the epilogue uh was uh surprisingly very Moving and and I didn't expect it at all. I liked all the different little endings going on.
5: i was saying obviously I'm on the like restore the Snyderverse wagon. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I just saw I just read an article where Zach said that he actually wanted to include the John Stewart Green Lantern in his version, but WB said that he wasn't allowed to. So
1: oh, like I bet
5: I you know I just want to see more of this. I mean if this is the last that we get of it, like it was a, I loved it. My husband was not super into it. You know, he's like, well, why show it to us if we can't have it? But I just liked, you know, this is, this was part of the plan and like, this is what his vision was the whole time. And just to give us that little snippet, I really enjoyed it.
3: I really enjoyed it too. And I liked how it sort of makes you wanting more. It's, it's frustrating obviously as well, but there is something sort of interesting about thinking about this movie as a way to sort of sell the idea of more DC universe movies to the general public and even to these studio executives to show how it could be done properly. And I'm kind of wondering, is Ezra Miller going to play the flash in this flashpoint movie? Because if he is, maybe they can, maybe at some point WB and Zack Snyder will be working together on the DC universe. I mean, nothing's impossible. So I don't know i mean it's it's kind of interesting to see where this could go in the future, but my hopes are not that high, but maybe you know, but that I'm kind of thinking about that in the back of my mind, but the sequence itself was 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 cool and i and I like Jared Letter's joker better than in suicide squad, so
2: you know I like the sequence uh I definitely like the idea of this sort of band of, you know, folks, uh, um, you know, having to try to go set. I like this this collection of characters um, in something like that. And we've already established in this movie that time travel exists even in a small way in the DC universe. We've mentioned the multiverse. I don't think anything's out of the question, to be honest with you, because, you know, Two years ago, Zack Snyder was going to have nothing to do with uh, the DC Universe ever again. Uh, And now uh, Joss Whedon may never um, be able to show (laughs) his face in public uh, for the rest (laughs) of his life. Um, You know, and... and I don't know. Like, I think nothing's out of the question. I think this movie's getting pretty good reviews, and I think probably Warner has to be pretty happy with the reception and uh, with probably how many people are signing up for HBO Max to watch this.
4: After a year of almost nothing, like I feel like this is the one film I've seen people actually get really excited for. I've, I've seen so much conversation about it.
2: What have we had this year? We got Wonder Woman 1984... And then we got this. You know what I mean? Like, Warner Brothers can't help but, like, see, okay, maybe we, like, fucked up here. Like, that was the Warner Brothers that Zack Snyder didn't storyboard and produce for us. And then his Justice League comes out and every- and all the reviews, even the annoying fan reviewers are being like, this is the one we should have got from the beginning. So, you know. I think anything can happen. I think the bigger question would be uh, whether, like Zach, would want to come back and do more, um, and whether you know all the actors would be willing to come back and do more and everything. But you know, I see a lot of people sort of being like they're already rebooting Batman and this and that. I'm like. This is a universe that has multiverses and also if you care about that you're being a fucking weirdo anyway. You know what I mean? Like I I I don't like the Transformers movies, but I have a lot of respect for that the Transformers movies don't care in any way about continuity. So, you know, I think a version, you know, where we continue to see more from Snyder is definitely I do a possibility. Have a question.
5: Like uh, because I'm so in the fandom and I've so wanted this, it's hard for me to have real objectivity about it, but do you think this is the most broadly appealing of Zack Snyder's three films, like the most for the general audiences or like I, for when I thought, saw it, I thought like, Oh, this is really for the fans, but that's not necessarily the feedback I am seeing. So I was like, do you think this is the most broadly appealing of his films?
2: Here's the really funny thing about it, because we have to place this in actual history. I think that if this had just come out, um, um, you know, after people were so sour on... If it had come out in 2017, like they had planned for it to, I think everybody would have clowned on it exactly the same way, and everybody would have been like, oh, it's not as good as the Marvels and this and that. But the fact that we had the Joss version, which was so bad, and we had a few more years to get tired of the kind of Marvel thing, I think it has transformed this movie into being a kind of welcome relief and a palate cleanser. Uh And I think that, it, yeah, I think that now in the history and in the context and everything, I think it is much more broadly appealing uh than the other two movies have been. And I've even been seeing a lot of normal people like reevaluating those movies kind of in the uh the lead up to this. So I think it's a very weird situation where if it had been released in twenty seventeen, you and I probably would have had to be <laughs> an out there and Leslie, you know, defending it and everything. Uh but in the new scenario where it's coming out after fucking Like I said, all we got this year was Wonder Woman 1984. It suddenly is this, like, Mm -hmm. huge, broad, four-quadrant movie.
4: Uh, It's also helpful, I think, that um, Snyder clearly made this film not for the theaters but for the streaming audience and let um, this editor, like, give so much time to these scenes like they're paced out so well that i think and, uh, and also it being split up into parts i think that if you're gonna sh- if someone's gonna watch a snyder film at home uh this one is the one that is set up for it and you can even just say like watch like the first you know part of this almost like watching the first episode or something and, and i think like people are gonna get sucked into it it's a lot of different little stories a lot of fun characters you get introduced to but yeah i'm not sure
1: yeah rose i i think you know you're kind of on it with that like if you put this on i think the average person is gonna have a damn good time i mean like what does the average person like want does he want like like black widow like throwing herself to her death and you seeing her brain <laughs> splatter on the floor in our number you know two or three in infinity uh- for Infinity War, right? Like instead, you get to see like all these badass Amazon warriors fighting this huge tough guy. Like that is fun stuff for people. Yes. Yeah, I know Batman says fucks and stuff, but it's still like fun. It's still very <laughs> fun.
4: I was just gonna say that. I honestly think this is a kind of film where uh, my mom would probably like it because she really likes some um, The Lord of the Rings and the action scenes in there and a lot of the best parts of this are obviously like you know the influence directly from Lord of the Rings but I don't think that they are um, yeah I, like I don't think it's any any worse than like uh, anything that's in Lord of the Rings like, I think those battle scenes work really well uh, I think if someone was wandering through the room while I was watching it it is something that you'd sit down and uh, keep watching it's almost like a, a show you watch on cable or something <laughs> or a movie you watch yeah. on cable
2: I agree and you know but but with all that said Fucking release it in yeah. IMAX and I'm yeah, gonna be I, there. I, I, I am <laughs> so yeah. ready. I'm
1: so fucking ready to see it yeah, in
2: IMAX.
0: Absolutely.
1: We knew that Joss Whedon cut all the black characters out of the film. Literally, um, literally cut all the black characters out of the movie. But watching this version, you realize that they also, not just, just Joss, but Jeff Johns and Walter Hamada, with Walter Hamada's approval, cut all the women out of this movie and also cut Ryan Choi, uh, who, was, who is the Adam. Like, he, they just, like, were completely uninterested in the type of diversity that actually people like seeing. And this, you can't help when you're watching Zack Snyder's recent films to notice that, wow, they are really diverse and uh, effortlessly. So, and nobody really talks about it. Instead, he has the rep for being like the sexist right wing, like bro. <laughs> when like, there's more black people in his movies than any two other mainstream like movies. And there are the emotional Core of this film, like just to see, like the seriousness w- w- which he tries to take, like the 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 uh, the struggle and of someone like Cyborg, like a movie, like they don't make movies about black men like feeling loss and pain and sadness, unless they're slave movies, more or less, right? And to get that in the mainstream Hollywood movie, I, it was just, you know, really refreshing to me. I absolutely love this movie. I could talk about this. I will talk about this for several <laughs> hours more, but we, we do have to wrap it up, so please... Leslie, I, maybe we do a commentary for both versions. Anyway, we'll talk about it. We time. might do that, actually. I was thinking about that, Jack. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready.
4: I feel, uh, I feel I'd also be remiss if, if I didn't Uh, Mentioned that the the music, uh, I don't know who. Oh yes,
1: God! Oh, and the sound design too. Junkie XL, Junkie XL.
4: uh, A huge Mm -hmm. improvement. This is one of the few movies where I am actually going to go and look up the soundtrack afterwards because boy, it really stood out in some scenes. How good it was, and it also it was big. You mean Junkie
2: XL trying to turn in? turned in the best work he's ever done is better than Danny sure. Elfman being like I don't want to do superhero movies fuck it I'll do this one I was thinking one.
4: it hit the same note as like I think what Nolan often goes for with his big soundtracks or whatever but the difference was that you could actually like hear everything like everything was very clear mm-hmm. at all times and I'm really appreciate if anything
1: it. it was sometimes too loud like the batman flash scene the score was actually a little bit like too loud because the Flash's theme is very like <laughs> techy and stuff so maybe that like two edits two edits sound too high on the music on that scene and martian manhunter gaslighting <laughs> <laughs> into going back to work but uh thank you all so much uh for joining us if y- y'all just uh, yes. take turns telling people where they can find you
4: check me out on youtube uh my channel name's flower Garden. my movie uh talk show thing is called uh, r.i.p cinema and you can follow me at Cinema on twitter
3: all
1: right and robbie where can people find you
3: uh they can find me on twitter at fluorescent gray uh also the podcast i do with my sister abby martin media roots radio it's on itunes and all the other uh podcast platforms. And then I have a streaming show I do sometimes. I haven't done it for a while, but um, there's like 150 episodes out of it. It's called Mame Politics. It's video game, retro video games, and just politics.
1: Mame Politics. And Robbie, I forget to ask you. We do game. I started my twitch stream recently i do game Please. and I do well, as you rolled as well because you're we're all fighting game aficionados we yeah. need to get a fight club going <laughs> need get a fight. oh, oh yeah. absolutely, absolutely. fight cade yeah all right and leilani where can people find you
5: um i write for hypeable and uh you can also you know find me on twitter yelling about Zack snyder i'm at leilani cypher
1: yeah, and, and I really want to reiterate. Please check out Leilani and Hypable for having an actually really good writer, with good <laughs> politics, and good takes. Most of most people are just copy and pasting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know most of these people aren't getting paid, but it's true. They're copy and pasting. Leilani is doing wonderful original work. So if you're someone who is basically tuned out all those fans like like most people have in the for the past 15 years because you've been like they've been so bad like definitely check out leilani's uh stuff is very good i all i can say is you know thank you all so much for listening to struggle Sessions. it's been quiet journey it's been quiet episode. episode thank you for joining the first of what will be many
2: many hours of zach snyder cut uh, uh scholarship <laughs> and, as, and as zach
4: said in the opening of this film thank you to the fans Absolutely. Uh
1: huh. Thank you to the fans.
4: Congratulations.
1: Congratulations. Peace. Thank you.
4: Later. Peace.